Hello, this is Open Book with Betty's Booklist, the show where your favorite authors are an open book and tell me all about their exciting new releases. Today, I'm joined by the incredible Eva Chen. Eva is the head of fashion partnerships at Instagram and a best-selling author. I Am Golden is a children's book about self-love that was an instant New York Times bestseller and that will be impactful to children all over the world. Hello, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on Open Book. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I loved your book. I Am Golden. It was an amazing children's book. I remember growing up and like pouring through the library stacks to find the children's book that I wanted to read as a little kid and how exciting that is. What was it like writing it? Can you tell us just a little bit more about the book? Yeah. Okay. So this is, I cannot believe I'm saying this. This is my eighth book. Like, can't believe it. Um, Like you, I always loved reading growing up and I grew up going to this library called Belvedere Library or no Jefferson Library in New York City. It looks like a castle. It's on the corner of 9th Street and 6th Avenue. If you Google it, you'll see it literally looks like a castle. And the children's book section used to be in the tower of this like castle. And I just felt like children's book like are so important they transport you they inspire kids they like make them believe they can do and be anything an astronaut a writer a chef um an explorer whatever and so for me writing children's books was always like a dream and a passion of mine um and it's been surreal to see this one come out because i am golden is for sure like the most personal book i've ever written um it's the story of uh, a first-generation American, a little girl who feels like she grows up, she's grown up between worlds, which is, it's basically my story. And so uh, I felt like the most vulnerable putting this book out there just because it's literally like my life story in a children's book. Oh, that's so fun. So even as a little kid, you knew you wanted to specifically write children's books. Yeah, I did. Um, it's funny because I, I never was like, I want to write the next great American novel. I always was like, I just want to write books that make kids like me feel seen um, and heard and represented. Uh, You know, so I used to carry around like a little black and white notebook, my like yellow Ticonderoga, you know, pencil, number two pencil. Um, Later, I graduated to like a mechanical pencil that like I had an eraser that smelled like cherries. Um, And I always had like my little pink plasticky. It was like a little cube shaped pencil case that had all these little compartments on it. But um, I always wanted to write children's books because I think children's books really can plant the seed for uh, kids they can, and, and really like light their mat. I still remember the books that I read growing up vividly. Um, and so children's books, I think, are really important to talk about. They're really important to support. Um, and I'm personally, I'm so happy when I go to children's bookstores now and I see like diversity, I see like all different kinds of experiences represented. There's one called Julian is a mermaid. I don't know if you've ever seen that book, but like you pick it up and like you will weep. It's about a little boy who like dreams of being a mermaid and he like steals his like abuela's clothes and dresses up in like a mermaid like outfit. And I don't want to give away the ending, but it's like very heartwarming. But like for kids to be able to see experiences like that represented, whether it's not or not, it's their experience. It's just so important and validating. Mm-hmm. And I loved how joyful your book was. Like, I think the end message is like so positive, so loving, like 
Like, how did you decide what this book would be? Like, why was it important to you to write this particular story? You know, this story in particular has a lot of themes that like are a little bit more serious. So there is, for instance, like a bullying instance in the book. There, there are, we talk about like the doubts and fears that a kid might have feeling like she doesn't fit in or feeling that other people say they can't, you know, she can't be with, like hang out with them, um, which were some of my experiences growing up. But ultimately the kind of theme of the book is that like everyone has a golden flame within them. It flickers differently for everyone. And the character May's parents say that their goal and their like purpose in life is to protect that flame for their child um, and that individuality. And so the end of the book, spoiler alert, talks about like where it's like repeat after me, I am golden. Um, I just feel like kids need to hear that affirmation. And what I wanted is like, if you are buying this book for a kid and you're reading it with a kid, I want the kid to kind of the child to repeat it themselves too, because confidence is something that it takes. Everyone has a different journey to self-confidence. And for some, some kids are born super confident and like some people are born like shyer. I was definitely shyer growing up. And I feel like I wanted to write the book that I didn't have growing up that had an affirmations in it that I could like, if I ever felt nervous or scared or anxious, I would have something to say to myself. So, um, it's really the book that I wish I had had growing up. Um, and I hope that people like it. Yeah. I mean, even reading it as an adult, I feel like the message really hits home because it's so hard to like believe in your own, like authentic individuality. Sometimes I think it's a book that like the parents will love as much as the kids do. And it's amazing that you're getting that message in so young because at least for me, children's books like formed who I was because that's what I was exposed to as a little kid. Wait, what was your favorite book growing up? <sighs> that's a really, really hard question. So, I mean, even when I was like four years old, I absolutely was obsessed with A to Z mysteries, which obviously like okay. aren't picture books, but um, my mom and my best friend's mom would read them out loud to us. But I also always remember Rainbow Fish. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yes, I mean, who classic. doesn't love Rainbow Fish? Like that book, I remember it because at one point, like the library lost their copy of the book. Like someone, I don't know, lost it when they had it checked out. And we would go and like look in the little section, in the R section, you know, cause they're just first letter alphabetical in bins basically. And we would like run over and look cause we went every week for story time. But I love that one. And that's also kind of about individuality and like yeah. embracing who you are. Be a rainbow fish. Yeah. Be yeah. like own that rainbow fishness of yourself. No, I, I, and that when I think back of like, you're talking about going to the library every, every week for story time, I bet you remember like the carpet or the floor of the library. Yeah. I bet you remember the smell of the library. Like I still remember like the carpet on the floor like this brown kind of dotted carpet on the floor of my, my library. I remember like the texture of the tables. I think libraries are, like every author you talk to, I'm sure says the same thing, but like libraries are so important for kids. Like, and for some kids, it's like their haven. It's where they have, they might not have internet at home. So it's like where they go to like connect with others and to like do their homework. So everyone watching, like support your local library. It's really important and support librarians. They are like secretly magicians and wizards and they are like raising the next generation of readers. They are. I loved my library. You're right that I remember everything about it. I loved it so much that when I turned 14, I got a job like at the library shelving books in the children's room. I loved it. 
That's like my dream job. I remember like literally like anytime a movie is like, oh, and this person's character is like a bookstore owner. I'm like, that is the best job to be a bookstore owner. But now I actually know bookstore owners and they're like, it is a really hard job. And a lot of it is like accounting and math. And I'm like, that does not sound so great. Like, it yeah, I like the normal. fictional version. I like like the like the Meg Ryan version of being a bookstore owner. Or I like the version of being a bookstore owner where you're sitting in like a squashy chair and it's like slightly dusty and you have stacks of books and then like the door rings as someone walks in and you're like sitting in a book with glasses on and you're like, oh, hi, like what kind of book are you looking for? But I don't like the version where you're unpacking like cases and cases of books and then figuring out. Definitely not. Cataloging them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. No, I like this this fun side of books that I've landed on. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's do that fictional version. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure kids will love reading this book to each other. Like, I remember being at the library with my best friend from childhood, who's still my best friend, and us like picking books to look through with each other, and how that was just like the best thing ever. Like, I think little kids like reading this book to each other are just going to like get so much out of it. But oh, what do your so, own? Yeah, I have two. I have, I have three kids. Two of them are like, one of them is like a fresh kid. He's only like uh, nine months old or 10 months old. And the other two are five and seven. And so I have this like built in focus group of kids. Uh, and so, but it's so great because like reading is a communal activity too. Like, you know, to sit with someone and to read with them shows like true friendship and kinship. You know what I mean? Like if you like someone enough to sit and read with them, I think that says something actually. It means that you feel comfortable like kind of together and yet like apart, like and there's like confidence and like your boundaries and togetherness. I don't know. I'm sure there's like somewhere like a a psychologist uh, kind of thinking about what I'm saying. But um, but yeah, like I, I, to have kids like, I get to kind of re-explore all the books I loved growing up. Like, are you my mother or the babysitter's club or Harry Potter? Yeah. Which, like I have a lot of. Harry Potter was pivotal to my childhood. Pivotal, pivotal. And like, that's one of the reasons, like I was like older when Harry Potter came out, I was like, in, in like not a child. I was like, I think 18 maybe, or I was like high school or college. I don't even remember, but like, I don't know that message of like you there's something special in children and like you don't know the magic and strength you contain and it's like the same thing you'll find in like the hobbit right or like not to go like true nerd into like lord of the rings right like but there's so many like the lion the witch and the wardrobe there's so many books that have that message of like there's like so much in you you don't even realize and so i feel like the harry potter kind of universe really gave a lot of kids hope um, and like made them feel like there was potential and magic within them. It's one of the reasons why the whole like JK Rowling, it's like, I'm still like trying to wrap my brain around that. It's that, you know, but, um, the books themselves and the themes of the book are so important for children, I think. Mm -hmm. Did your kids like help contribute to the plot of this book? I know you said it was like kind of fictionalized from your own life. But did they contribute to the illustrations, like what things Bless, looked like? Yeah, they contributed less to the plot and the um, illustrations. But when we got to the stage where the book was like 
we were choosing fonts and we were choosing the sparkle or the gold that would go on the cover, like the gold foil that says I am golden. They were very opinionated about glitter and gold um, because we would get these like big sample. We would get these huge packages in the mail that had like samples of like every different kind of sparkle. And they would be like, oh, not sparkly enough. Oh, too sparkly. And then they would like hold it up for me and help me choose. So it was really fun to get them involved. And now, like whenever we go to bookstores and I'll go to bookstores and like I'll like sign all their inventory and sign all the books that they have in the store. And like they know the drill. They're like little professionals. They go in there, they grab a stack of their own books they want to read and they just like sit and hang out and read while mommy like does her work of signing books, which is like so nice. I call them my author's assistants, even though like I end up like losing money because like, I end up buying them a whole bunch of books like on all these excursions, but um, it's great to have them with me. And I know growing up having a working mother was something that like really had a huge impact in my personality. And so hopefully it's something that they're gonna remember and like kind of know um, and hold with them as they get older and mature themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you grow up seeing how hard your own parents work, mm -hmm. I feel like that changes everything about what you expect for your own life. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think, do you have any books like upcoming that you want to write? Like, would you ever write a book about Ooh. that? I feel like that's a book right there. Yeah. So I want to write. So it's funny. Like, so my book agent that I worked that I've worked with for like ever, she actually, I so I used to work at Teen Vogue, which is like the little sister to Vogue. And when I was in magazine editor there, that's when she actually signed me because she was like, I want you to write a book about like beauty and style and have it be a beauty and style guide. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it's been like 10 plus years and I still haven't done it. And then like, I remember calling her and being like, I have an idea for a book. And she was like, oh, finally you're writing this like beauty and style book. And I was like, it's a children's book about a little girl who loses her favorite pair of, pair of shoes. It's a fairy tale. It's a feminist fairy tale. She was like, this is not the book I thought I would get from you, but okay. Um, and so I do want to write a book, uh, like a, a book eventually that's like for grownups, not kids, but it's more going to be like a collection of essays and reflections on everything from like books to parenting, to fashion, to style, to tech, like a little bit of everything, like a delicious stew of content um, that I have not even started writing, which, um, I need to, but writing is hard because reading is a joy, right? Like sitting down with like an amazing book, like a yummy cup of like mint tea, maybe a little piece of chocolate or a cookie or a cupcake. Well, cupcakes are hard to eat when you're reading because it like gets yeah, everywhere. Chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. Like cho a little, like little squares of chocolate or like a bowl of grapes, or I don't, I don't know, whatever your, whatever your treat may be like, that's a joy. Right. But writing is like so hard. Writing is eating hard. your vegetables. <laughs> writing is eating your vegetables or like eating vegetables and then being forced to like regurgitate them or describe them in an original way. Um, and so writing is really hard. And I was talking with someone once who was like, how much fun is it to write? I'm like, it's really hard. I do it every night from 11 to one. And like, I do it when my kids are asleep and it's so hard and they go back in the next morning and I look at this, I'm like, what is this garbage that I wrote? Um, so yeah, one day that book of essays will come. Uh, but right now I'm just enjoying writing children's books that actually are kind of really hard to write, which people don't realize because they're like, with a long adult book, if you have extra words, it's okay. But with children's books, like every word has to be like impactful and like, 
deliver exactly what you need it to deliver. So it's like a different kind of situation. Now, what is that like when you're writing a children's book? Because I'll admit, as a kid, I was like totally fascinated because I was like, there's so few words on the page, but they're so important. What does it look like for you to write and revise a children's book when everything is so weighty? Totally. So, okay. I knew nothing about the children's book process until I actually did one. So the first thing you don't realize is that Okay, so I the, the author will write the entire manuscript and then send it to the publisher or the editor. The editor then like pair, oftentimes that the writer and the author of the book never even meets the illustrator. It's all done and communicated through like the art director. And so I didn't realize that. So I wrote the book and I was like, oh, I'd love to work with like this illustrator that I found. All my children's books were kind of done over like, zoom whatsapp dm and text and email and i talk with the illustrator directly but most of the time children's book authors never even meet their illustrator and never even talk to them like they might meet them once at like the book launch and then that's it but for me because i came from a magazine editing background i I came from a background of being like oh and i'd like to move these words here maybe we try a different color well i'm not feeling this font but apparently that's very unusual so my process was like super collaborative. All three of my illustrators I found through Instagram. For um, the my first book, I found on Instagram because the illustrator actually tagged me in something, and I was like, oh "My God, I love this guy. He's so funny. I love his style." And then I like DM'd him and was like, "Want to do a book together?" And he was like, "Am I being punked?" And then my second illustrator is Matthew Rivera. And my second book series is about dinosaurs uh, and unicorns. And I think I followed the hashtag dinosaur illustrator on Instagram. And so, you know, when you follow a hashtag, you just see anytime someone tags that hashtag, you see it in your feed. And so one day I saw this illustration of a dinosaur doing yoga on my feed. And I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? He needs to like illustrate my book. And it was Matthew. And with Sophie, the illustrator for I Am Golden, I found her because, so there were these terrible, horrific shootings in Atlanta about a year ago. Um, like and which targeted Asian um, um, immigrants. And there was actually, I saw an an illustration that kind of went viral by Sophie. Um, So Sophie, her day job, she works at Google doing, you know, when you go to google.com and sometimes you see an illustration, she's she's one of those, the 10 artists that create those. But she had posted something about like expressing her rage and her grief and her just like, just the overwhelming multitude of feelings she had during this like horrific uh, hate crime. And it, someone had DM'd it to me to be, and then I had DM'd it. And then like when, after I wrote my book, I was like, this woman, I remember her Instagram. Like I saved it in my like saved, you know, Instagram folder. And then um, she ended up being my illustrator. So for everyone watching, who's curious about like writing a book or illustrating a book, it's like, I think a lot of expo- like a lot of people do look for talent on Instagram um, and other platforms now, and like people love seeing like the process and sharing your art and vision. So do that because you never know who's watching. Definitely, I feel like the exposure Instagram has is insane. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's whole communities of like, um, and there's so many like great bookstagrams now. I mean, you know, because mm-hmm. you are like a great one yourself. But like, there are just so many great people talking about books now on Instagram. And the great thing is like, you could find a community where you feel like, you, I, like I've made so many friends with like so many bookstagrammers. Like 
um, especially ones about like diverse kids lit, you know, so it's like, whether it's here we read, or I have a book for that, or conscious kid, like you, you, you can find such great people. And then like, when you meet them in person, it's always like very exciting. It is. And they're people you might never, ever meet if you weren't on Instagram. Like I've made amazing friends from bookish socials and met them in real life and been so lucky, but like, I never, ever would have found them just like walking down the street because like oh. we wouldn't know we had the similar interest. That's so niche. Yeah. And it's also like, in a way it, you, you feel almost like more comfortable, like talking with someone like first and breaking that. It's like, you know what it is? It's like, you can break the ice over Instagram and kind of like get to know them and be like, Oh, Hey, I saw that you went to like, you know, uh, Miami for vacation, like looking for, like, did you go to any, like, you can kind of break the ice there. So when you meet in person, it's like a little less awkward. I like secretly, I might not seem this way, but I secretly, I'm like, not even secretly because I talk about it all the time, but like, I'm like secretly, like they call me, like, I, I think I'm called like an introverted, an extroverted introvert, or I'm called like a social performing introvert. That's what it's called, where it's like, I can meet people, but it's like, Afterwards, I get like, I'm going to like take a four hour nap after this conversation, probably. um, Yeah, but like with on Instagram, it's like you can break the ice and like you feel like you can almost skip two or three steps because you feel like you know a little bit about them already. I guess that's what it is. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I never really thought about it like that, but it does like take some of the exhaustion out of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's like it breaks the ice and it's like, you can talk about someone and you can see like, oh, I saw that you interviewed this person or you were talked to that person. Um, makes it a little, little easier. And it's always good when things are a little easier, right? Yeah. What was it like working with Sophie? Did you guys go back and forth a lot on like your vision? Well, Sophie is like so insanely talented and she's also like the most organized human I know. Like everything was done in like a Google doc, a presentation. And she's like super efficient. Um, so it was amazing working with her just because she was so, so together. Um, she has so many amazing ideas and just, she's just such a good artist. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like on her Instagram, which is just her name, Sophie Giao. Like if you look at it, like if you scroll all the way down, she had done all these illustrations around like Lunar New Year. Um, and like I had, those are some of the ones that I'd saved. And so when we had our first conversation, I literally sent her references from her own Instagram where I was like, I would love for this to have this feeling of this Instagram you did. Um, so she was like a dream to work with, uh, like just easy and like chill and meticulous and smart. Um, like, it, it's just a shame that we live, all of my illustrators and I live so far away from each other. Like mm-hmm. one's in Vancouver, one's in Portland and what Sophie's in San Francisco. Um, but now it's like, we can do everything all like virtually. And so that makes it a lot easier too. So one other question about like the making of your book, what was it like writing a story that like had so many parallels with your own life, but writing it about a fictional character? Like, why did you choose to do that rather than write about you? Um, That's a great question. It was easier in some ways just because uh, it's my own experience, Um, but harder in another way, in other ways, because I feel like what, when I was waiting for the book to come out and like waiting for reviews to come in, you take it very personally because it is literally my personal story. Um, I think I didn't write it like with the main character being like me and my name, just because I wanted it to be something that like a lot of people can, could separate from me 
you know, so when they read the book, they're, they, they're, they're not like, oh, that's little Eva. It would have been more just kind of like, this is May, May could be me. It's not just like the author. Um, so to detach myself a little bit from it, I actually felt like was really important so that more people could see themselves in the character. Um, but yeah, I, I think the hardest part about it, like the, it, it all kind of flowed for me. Like it's very different from my other children's books because my other children's books are really like upbeat and silly and a little bit goofy. And there's a lot of like physical humor in them. Um, whereas this book, it's like a little slower, it's more poetic, it's more lyrical. Um, and so it was easier in some ways to write, but also harder, like I said, because it just felt so, so personal. And I wrote it from the point of view of like what I would want my kids to know and what I, I imagine my parents probably would have wanted me to know. That makes sense. Sometimes it's almost easier to be honest when you're being totally honest without your name, you know? Is there anything else that you want to tell people on BookTok, BookTube, Bookstagram about I Am Golden? Um, no, I mean, you asked so many great questions uh, that really just hit the heart of the book. So thank you for seeing the book for what it is. I guess it's like, this is not necessarily, like, I think a lot of, it, it is a book about the Chinese American immigrant experience, but there's so many universal aspects of this book. Like if you've ever felt left out, if you ever felt like, you didn't know where you fit in or fit never didn't really feel like you belong specifically in one group or another or if you just kind of are looking to find your own footing and like feel uncertain i think this book is for for children who might be going through any of those things regardless of their like ethnicity or culture or background it's a really universal experience i think to be a kid and to feel like you don't fit in um everyone's felt that way at another point adults feel that way too and so um, the book is meant to be like just an affirmation and a manifestation and like a kind of really joyful, I hope. Um, and so I hope you love it. And thank you so much for like taking the time to learn about the book and to hear about like my bookish ramblings. Um, and it's always like a joy to kind of share it with people. Yeah, well, it's an incredible book and Everyone, like, go buy the book for all of the kids or the adults in your life, whoever you think will enjoy it. And thank you, Eva, for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you all for watching. You can listen to an extended cut on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe for more bookish content.